think we're on air. We're good to go. All right. Thank you, brother. Well, good morning. It is always a, a privilege to be with you here. Um, all the logistically getting everybody settled at home and then running away and having Kelly deal with all of it is uh, always fun. But um, I'm excited. I, I'm excited by what the Lord is doing today on this beautiful day. Uh, it's just been so nice these past couple of days. You know, last night was crazy, crazy. Um, I was working on this for a while, and then the girls would keep coming out of bed. When's the storm going to stop? I can't sleep with all this lightning and thunder. And um, But it's it's been a couple of beautiful days. It's a beautiful day today, and the Lord has, has something special in store for us. I have been super excited about um, Brazil and, and just the prospect of going over there and ministering with, with our brethren uh, down south. And I know the Lord has a lot of mighty things in store for that as well. And I've just been praying about the investment um, that, that he's asking of us from a financial perspective, from an intercessory perspective, from a preparing your heart, your mind uh, perspective for the ministry that's going to happen there. There's um, fasting, there's prayer, there's investment. I just I think that's just the best word for it. There's, there's a, this concept of you pouring yourself into what God is wanting to accomplish in that, that country and, and, and even the continent, I would say, but pouring into you so that you can pour out into them. And, and it's just been something that has uh, consumed my thought process for these past couple of weeks, and I know leading up to the the actual trip, um, it'll be something that I continue to think about, because I know that God, we've, we've traveled so many different countries, you could see the flags here, um, but I know that God has something special in store for us and for them, and it's just going to be this, this mutual beneficiary for, for both sides on all of this, and I'm excited by it, and, and I've been, like I said, praying and preparing my heart, and, and I think the thing that, that sticks with me the, the most is, what do you say when, when you go and meet with these people? Not, not on an individual basis, but um, many are being asked to, to speak in different churches and to minister in different churches. We'll, we'll have teams that are going out to these groups and, and ministering, whether it's behind the pulpit or on one-on-one -on -one ministry as, as they come to the altar and, and maybe you're on a prayer team and you're laying hands on them, you're speaking in tongues and, um, and just ministering in the spirit and all of a sudden, you know, the Lord's going to come upon you and he's going to tell you, here's what I want you to say or here's what I want you to do. And, and it's, a, it's an exciting time, but it's also a daunting thing to, to know that um, the, the interaction that's happening in the spirit depends upon you as an intercessor and, and there's a preparation that has to happen for that. And as I've been thinking about that, like I said, I've, I've been thinking about what do I even say? How, how do I begin this, this, this transaction that is going to be um, possibly a one-time thing? You know, you always think about you've got a, you only got one chance to make a, a good first impression. When you go to an interview, the way that you dress, the way that you have prepared, the way that you act, um, for a while... You've told, I've told you my, my stories and my testimonies about interviewing uh, this past year for different jobs and, and, and finding something. And I, I thought I was a, a good interviewer um, based on the number of jobs I got declined from. Obviously, the answer is I'm not a good interviewer. But, I, you know, you go in there and you, you pour your heart out and you say, look, here's, here's what I have done. Here's who I am. And, and hopefully you see some value in that for your particular company. Um, and, and so you start to, to share that, and, and it's, you have to present yourself in such a way where they, they know that, that they're going to get a quality hire whenever you do that. Uh, so again, the way that you dress, the way that you talk, the way that you perhaps research the company that, that you're applying for. So when they ask you, you know, why, why did you apply to, to such and such place, you don't just say, well, you know, it's because it was, there was an opening and it looked cool, Right. Probably not the right answer. You, you want to talk about what makes the company great and the research that you've done and how you are going to invest in, in that particular company. And I think it's the same 
as, as we think about the Spirit. You know, you're, you're going to these people, and we'll be talking to them about uh, spiritual principles. They, many of them have heard the gospel in one way or another, and it may have been a twisted gospel. It may have been a, um, a gospel that has been, that has been I want to say the word neutered, um, in, in such a way that, that they don't understand the depth and the fullness of what's going on. Many, many maybe have heard the gospel of um, different types of worldly things that are intermixed with that, that religious investment that they're possibly going to make. And, and so we're battling all these spiritual things. We're battling all of these mental things that they're already thinking uh, I think about Rio de Janeiro and, and the giant Jesus there. I mean, what a country. It's the only country that has Jesus as a figurehead like that. But So you would think that, wow, well, then, then the entire country believes. Uh, obviously not the case. Because when we believe, we believe based on our experience. We believe based on, on what we've heard. At the top of your sheet, uh, and I'll send this to, to Scott at some point in time when I think about it, so that um, those listening to this on the interwebs can have it as well. But at the top of your sheet, I, I did a, a very gross simplification of the different types of major religions that we have out there. I want to talk about them in a little bit, but um, I put them here because religion is, is a big deal for everybody. You are either very, very against it, or you have some semblance of spirituality that you have subscribed to yourself, and that's what's represented here. As we start thinking about what do we say when we go into Brazil, the thing that stuck with me, I believe the most, was this concept of prayer. It, it is the thing I believe that has impacted our church the most. I'm, I'm a very heady guy. I'm, I'm very analytical logical. I like things in order, um, except for my house. I love it in disarray. I'm just kidding. It just is. I, I love things just to be neat and categorized and, and logical. Um, so the hardest thing for me has been, in, in our walk with Christ, this concept of prayer. So when you look at these, these several religions, uh, I, I'm going to start with Hinduism. Again, gross simplification. There might be someone on the internet out there that listens to this and that says, that's not what I believe. I'm a Hindu. Send me your hate mail. It's okay. We can talk about it. Hinduism, though, when you look at the, the meat and the bones of it, is really about the pursuit of your best self. And they have four concepts for that. It's ethically, financially, physically, and spiritually. Those, those are the things that turn you into a right relationship with whatever deity they believe with, believe in. It's these four concepts of you have to be your best self from a moral perspective, ethically. You, you have to fight for your um, provision. You have to be your best self when it comes to finances and getting the best job and all of those good things. Financially, um, you know, you're making money. Physically, you, you're working out, you're being your best self in, in the way that you interact with people. Um, that's kind of where the concept of being good for them comes into. And then spiritually it is the extension of that. So you have to be able to meditate and think on these things, right? That's, that's their religion in a nutshell. That's, that's how you move forward into, in life and into the quote-unquote heavens. Buddhism, very similar uh, but it was actually started by a, a prince who was very rich. And back in 480 BC, BCE, really rich dude, prince, had everything. And, and according to legend, was bored. He was like, I've got it all. I, I don't know what to do with myself. This is just boring now. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. Because he had everything. He was rich. And, and so he went on this pilgrimage um, to really find himself. And, and created this concept of Buddhism because he recognized that that wasn't fulfilling to him. And so what became fulfilling to him was understanding the cause, um, the cycle of, and the end of suffering. And, and you have these six layers of suffering that everybody goes through. And, and inside of that 
are different layers of being, and that's where reincarnation comes in and karma and all this stuff. The, the highest plane of existence that you can be in um, before getting to complete enlightenment is humanity. And so for them, this concept of is, you're a human is, is your testing ground in order to be able to move forward uh, in all those things. Um, then you get into Judaism. One God, source of truth. We, we have that as our foundation as Christians for our beliefs. We believe in the New Testament. I'm sorry, the Old Testament. Uh, same, same God, Yahweh. Believe that he is the source of truth. Where it differs from Christianity is the biggest one is obviously Jesus. We believe that Jesus is the Messiah that was prophesied in the Old Testament. They do not. They're still waiting for the Messiah. Um, but he is that one source of truth. It's interesting because as I was researching this, I looked on the uh, Israeli website uh, where it talks about Judaism from a government perspective. And, and you can see how they are um, now starting to tailor the, the, the narrative towards anybody can, be, uh, can fall into Judaism. We accept everyone because really the, the, at the end, there is only one God, so it doesn't matter what you believe. If you want to sub come subscribe with us, that's great, but you know, we welcome everyone. Uh, which is not what it was back in the Old Testament. Back in the Old Testament, it was very cut and dry. You're either this or you're not. And, and there was even a, a battle with Jews on this concept of allowing Gentiles into um, the fold, the, you know, what we would call now Christians. And so it's, it's fascinating to see how Judaism has changed over the, the decades, the, the millennium. Um, but it's also where the foundation of Islam comes from. Islam started with Ishmael, uh, son of um, Abraham, sorry, son of Abraham, um, two sons, right? Ishmael comes first, and, and what you see in Islam, I found this very fascinating, what you see in Islam is really the pursuit of perfection. So when you look at cursory, what they believe, it's very, very closely aligned to Judaism, very closely aligned to uh, Christianity. These are the three monotheistic, one God-believing religions out there. So, so they're all very, very centrally tied, but, but their pursuit is that of perfection in order to see God. And, and I, this is just me speculating, but I started thinking about that, and, and Ishmael came to mind, and it was specifically around the concept of this son who was rejected from his father. And, and, and in order to maybe curry favor or, or get back into the good graces of the, the Holy One, the Father, it, it's this idea that, well, we have to be better. We have to be perfect. And so a lot of the same stuff that we subscribe to, they do, you know, prayer, fasting, and, and all this other stuff. But for them, it's, it's a fanaticism of perfection as opposed to a relationship. You have to do all of these things in order to get closer to your God. And then the prophet Muhammad comes in. Um, but that's, that's what I believe is central to their religion is this concept of I need to be perfect. And I, again, speculation, wonder if it's because of that, that breaking of the tie from father to son and, and what that meant for them. And then you get to Christianity. You're all Christians. Hopefully you know what Christianity means. Uh, hopefully you know what it means for you. Um, I, again, gross simplification the thing that I believe sets us apart from any other religion out there in the world is that we believe there is nothing that you can do on your own to get to heaven. Nothing. You cannot be a great person and get to heaven. There is one way, and that is uh, believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, and confess with your mouth. That's it. That's how you get to heaven. That is how you begin your relationship with God the Father. We're the only religion that believes that. Everybody else, it's about being good or being born good or, or karma or, or changing all of these things. But for us, it's about salvation. It's about the gift that God gave to you through his son, Jesus Christ. That is the differentiator between us and every other religion. And, and as I thought about that in my younger years, it's the thing that resonated with me the most. Even as I started to go into college and, and take those comparative religion classes, and they talk about these things here, um, you, you start to see that main differentiator, what it truly means for you as an individual. Because 
we are sinners. We're all sinners. And, and no matter how good you are, there is no way that you can escape that fully. That, that temptation is there. The sin is there. What, what saves you is God's grace through Jesus. That's what gets you out of where you are and into a higher plane. And then as you start moving forward in your relationship with God, you begin to expand that. And that is then where we get into our um, denominations within our religion. That is where we begin to differ with think, people like the Baptists and the Methodists and all that. People who believe very, very much what you believe, uh, what we believe, what I believe, but, but with slight variation, right? Whether the, the Bible is the inspired word of God and, and completely true, whether tongues are for today or not, whether the miracles of God, um, the spiritual gifts of God are, are for today or not. Those are the things that differentiate the different denominations within our religion. And, and that's where infighting comes in. That's where the church is divided. We see now today where the Methodist church um, has split, and now you've got those that support um, the alphabet soup and those who do not that are moving forward and saying, we, we don't subscribe to that at all, and so we want to go back to our roots. And they're pulling away from, from the main body and beginning to create their own because of all this division um, and contention, which I truly believe is a tactic of the enemy. But all of this stuff leads us to what I believe is the foundation for what this church has really pushed and, and um, prescribed for its people, and that is intercession and prayer. And, and there's another, again, I'm grossly oversimplifying what has happened over the last 15, 20 years. But for me, it has always been about this, this concept of you can have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. You can talk to him. You can walk with him. You can hear his voice. You can engage with him. He wants to engage with you. That's another place where Catholicism, a, a form of Christianity, differs. With them, it's there is a God. He is on his throne, and you have to come through a priest in order to have a relationship with that God. Um, you can forget Jesus. You have to have this priest as an intermediary. We, we believe you can have a relationship with God. That is the lesson, I believe, that I want to share with the people of Brazil because I think it's the thing that's impacted me the most. As a, as a Catholic, I had the concept of um, be a good person, be nice to others, right? There's, there's a God out there, and, and he loves you, but um, you, know, you just have to be good and, and don't mess with anybody else, and you'll be all right. The, the, the extension of that, the full extension of that was what this church brought into my life. And that was, again, the concept of you, you can do this for yourself and you can speak with God. Now, that's where we start to think about things like proscuneo and histemi and all the, the, the wonderful things and the revelation that's come out of this church around how to explore this relationship with God and how it could be expanded in your spirit and in your heart and in your life, the foundation, again, in my opinion, is this concept of prayer. So I was, I was looking at it. We're going to get into scriptures here. As I was looking at it um, and, and really trying to decide what to share today, I'm, I'm going to go back to the basics because I, I really feel like this is something that the Lord is going to exemplify in us while we are down there. It is something that I think has been patterned through our people to the various places that we have gone. And the first place I looked was 1 Timothy chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 1, I exhort therefore that first, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. This is one of the few scriptures that has all four words for prayer in its context. Uh, and those are supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Uh, I put the Greek in there in case you wanted to study it. I also put the Strong's words 
um, in line because we're going to talk about every single one of them. I put them in line in the body of this text, so if you wanted to go and do some more study, I did not add all of the scriptures that have those particular Greek words. This would be a very long document. I didn't want to do that to you, but you are welcome to go and search for it for yourself. Um, there's the Greek so that you can find it. But these are the four words of prayer in the Greek that we find in the New Testament. Um, I'm going to butcher their pronunciation, but I'm going to try anyway. And to Exus, prosuke, desis, and eucharista. And I want to start with eucharistia. It, it is mostly translated as thanksgiving. And many people, I can't say that. I, I don't know what people think. Uh, I don't think a lot of people think of thanksgiving as prayer. But I do. And I think that's why um, they put it in here in Timothy because I, I truly believe that this is a part of a prayerful life that, that continues in this real, right relationship with God. It, the foundation of it is really about gratitude. It's about being grateful, about thankfulness, about thanksgiving. We look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies a room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you are saying? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I found this super fascinating. Because if I'm here in this room and I'm saying, thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And somebody walks in and they hear me babbling on. They hear me saying, what word? Thank you. I'm saying thanks a lot, right? So why wouldn't they understand that I'm giving thanks to God? He says it, Paul says it right here. They're not going to get you. They're not going to understand what you're doing. I believe that he said that because they were praying in tongues. They were praying in the spirit. He says that before. True, look, you can pray with the understanding. You can pray with the spirit. Giving of thanks is part of your praying in tongues. It is a natural part of the intercession that comes out of you when you're praying in the spirit. And that's why I believe he says, look, they're not going to get it. Two things. One, they're not going to get it because they're not understanding the speech that's coming out of your mouth. The, the, the verbalizations of the tongues and your spirit praying, they can't hear it. They don't understand it. They can't interpret it. So they don't understand that you're giving thanks as part of your prayer regimen. But the second part is they don't understand why you're so thankful. I believe those two things are in play here. So they don't get why you're so thankful, why this is so amazing to you. But the other flip side of it is they don't understand you. There's no one there to interpret so we know that from here, speaking in tongues, that, that thanksgiving is part of when you speak in tongues, or, or I should say, it should be a part of that prayer regimen. Philippians chapter 4, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, prosuke, and supplication, desis, with thanksgiving, the Eucharista, let it your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I, it's important to note when these words come together um, because I believe that, 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 they're, that the Bible is saying something about the power of each one in its context. So it talks about prosuke. We're going to, excuse me, we're going to dive deep into what that means here in a minute. It talks about supplication, the, the desis. That's the next one. We'll get there. And then it talks about thanksgiving. Why are these three specifically so important that he would pull them out and say, don't worry about anything, but when you're, when you're activating in these three different types of prayer, the, the, the supplication, the prayer and thanksgiving, that is how you let your request be made known unto God. They're different. Recognize that, that they're different. Colossians 4.2, continue in prosuke and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue in this. Look, and I put it uh, I hope I put it here, um, but I, I put there that you that there are different types of concepts when it comes to these. So yes, I did. So this is Thanksgiving. The next one is supplication. The the request. The I I don't know 
what I'm doing. I need something, Lord. Let's talk about it. We'll, we'll go deeper into that here in a minute. The, the prosuke, we'll get into this one, it's, but it's over there on the title part, and it's really the relational prayer. This is the relationship type of conversation that I have with the Lord. And then when you talk about entuxis, um, entigchano is the other way that it's just translated. That's the more transactional prayer. So we'll get to that, but I wanted you to see those because they are in the notes. All right, keeping, keeping on, keeping on. Colossians 4.2, continue in prayer, the, the relational type of prayer, but watch in the same with thanksgiving. So, so it's not just about having this, this conversation with God. It's also about making sure that you are recognizing the things that are happening. This, this to me is so important, and, and it's why I love our times of testimony here on Sundays, because it is important for us to be able to recognize that through prayer, something has changed, and if you don't see it, let me show it to you. That's really what a testimony is all about, is let those around us see that God is moving through this prayer. That's, that, I believe, is so important to Christian faith, is to understand that God is moving it's, it's, it's fun to see when we're in different places um, and, and there's dry spells and you're up at the pulpit and, and then pastor prays and says, look, Lord, we just declare rain or, or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden you hear this loud clap of thunder or this bolt of lightning or whatever it might be and know that God is moving in the weather because of what you have said, even though the meteorologist said that there's, there's not going to be any, any rain coming whatsoever for months and months, and we're in the midst of this drought. And then you pray, and you see those signs, and wow, that's amazing, that's miraculous. That's, those are great. I love those moments. But I think the more important moments are when something has happened, and nobody recognizes it. It, it happens in the background, because we need to take those events and make sure that they are known, not just to ourselves, but to those around us. That is highly important. Again, that's why I love our, our times of testimony. All right. Hopefully, a little bit better understanding about this Thanksgiving and the concept of, of understanding what has gone on in you and giving thanks to the Lord. It's important. If it is not part of your, your thoughtful prayer life, it needs to be. Supplication. This is where most of Christianity prays. This is what they think prayer is, is this supplication. Lord, I need something. Father, I am destitute. I'm poor. I'm hurting. I'm, I'm financially um, destitute. I, mean, I said that already. I, I, I have a need, and I need you to fill it. That's, that's really where this comes in, this thesis. And when you look at the, the foundation of the Greek word, it, it just means that. It's a petition, a prayer, a request, a supplication. And then it extends it off and says, of need, indigence, want, privation, penury. I looked those up on the Google, and Google basically said the same thing over and over. It's talking about the poor. It's talking about being in need, being destitute. So there's a foundation for this destituteness. That's not a word this destituteness um, in supplication. Father, there is a gap, and I need you to fill it. Most of the time, that's what this word is talking about. So Luke chapter 1. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for, the prayer, for thy prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Why this particular word for prayer? He wasn't giving thanks. He wasn't having a, a conversation, a relational conversation with God. He was praying for what? He was troubled. He was worried about his mate, his wife. She's, she struggled for so long with this barrenness. There is a problem within our household. I don't have an heir to, to provide for the future. All of these things that are on his heart and his mind, he is in prayer saying, Father, I, I need help. So he's going on his priestly duties, doing all the things that he needs to do. But, it, but in this context, the angel of the Lord comes to him because specifically of that desis prayer, I need something. So we see the context here. Luke chapter 2. And there was one Anna 
a prophetess, the daughter of Phanael of the tribe of Acer. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Same word, desis. This is about the, the lack, the want, but it's not necessarily her lack or her want. She was a prophetess, so she understood the landscape of what was going on in the spirit. She understood what, um, what the future held from a Messiah perspective. And so she was saying, Lord, there is a need, a gap, and I want you to fill it. That's the type of prayer she was making. In her old age, she recognized, look, I'm, I'm not here to have kids. I've been, my, my husband's been dead for a very, very long time. Um, she was only married for about seven years, the Bible says. She lived on to be 84 at this point in time, four score and four, 84. So she's living here. She's been alone for so long. It, was there a time where she was praying for herself? Possibly, but I don't think that was the context here. The context is there's something that needs to happen here in this spiritual world, and I need you to bring it, and that's where then she begins to prophesy as, as the mother um, and the baby and the leaping and all that stuff. Acts chapter 1. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prosuke and desis with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. People who understood, ideally, what it means to pray. People who understood a relationship with the man himself, Jesus. People who saw him pray, saw how he prayed, listened to what he said when he prayed. So they understood what a relational type of prayer was, and that's why that word is in there. They were doing that. Father, we are looking forward to your, your, your grace, your mercy. We're looking forward to what you have next for us. But, but we don't know what to do. Jesus promised us a comforter. Uh, maybe one with down feathers in it. I don't know. But he promised us something that would cover us, that would envelop us, that would keep us. I made a joke about comforter. I hope you got that. Um, so they, they say this, and they're, they're really talking about, Lord, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. And that's when, it's Acts chapter 1, that's when you see the Spirit come down upon them. So not just in the relational prayer, which they knew they had to have because of Jesus, but also in the supplication, Lord, I need help. And he provided the comforter. That's when the, the Holy Spirit comes and the tongues of fire and the breath and the wind and all that awesome stuff. Yes, ma'am. Is it not in the back? I'm so sorry. I, I do only have this original. Okay. My apologies. I, I hit the button and I think it just said, oh, there's two pages, and then it didn't do the back. That's what happened. All right. But we will get you copies, and again, we'll post this online at some point in time. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer, prosuke, and supplication, desis in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication, for all saints. Why supplication in there twice? Why in the context of the armor of God are we talking about um, desis versus just prosuke? Because we recognize that, that the armor of God is a protection element. It's, it's a warfare element. As you're going into war, and I've never been to war, but as you're going into war, I imagine there's a lot of things that are going through your mind. I've been in spiritual battle and one of those things that goes through my mind is, am I ready? Do I have everything that I need in order to go in this, into this battle and actually win? And so that is why supplication is in here, and it's in here twice. With all prayer, that relational prosuke prayer, and the supplication, this desis in the spirit, and watching thereunto with perseverance, um, and praying for those who are in need. I, look, I've got my armor. It's like when you're, when you're on the airplane, right, and the, and the captain tells you or the stewardess tells you, um, put on your mask before you help somebody else and put their mask on. 
that's this supplication. Prepare yourself and then prepare others around you. That's the supplication. That's the desis. He needs help. I need to fill that gap. That's why it says in here, the supplication for all saints. All right, moving on to the relational. Um, Prosuke means prayer, worship, by implication, uh, an oratory, praying earnestly. Matthew chapter 17 then came. Let me give you the references so that if you are on your phone or have your Bible, you can actually read it with me. Matthew chapter 17, 19 through 21. Obviously, I'm reading out of the King James. You can have whatever version you have. Matthew 17, 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. This is one of those those scriptures that kind of boggled my mind uh, a while back because they were praying, weren't they? Weren't they going up to this thing and saying in the name of Jesus, calling upon God to do something? They were talking with the Lord and saying in the name of Jesus, we, we cast you out. We, we, we have a relationship with God and so by virtue of that, we're just going to lay hands on this thing and it's going to leave. And, and it didn't. It didn't work. Wait a minute, we've been working for God, for Jesus, all this time. Why isn't this working? And Jesus says, it's, this one only goes out by that prosuke and by fasting. The preparation of your body and the preparation of your spirit in tandem with what God is doing at that time is what he is saying here. Your, your whole body, mind, soul, spirit has to be in sync with what God is doing in order for you to take care of this type of entity um, and, and for you to be able to move forward. It's not the word desis, Lord, we, we thank you, we pray that, that you please help, 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 help in this situation. It was not supplication, it was prosuke. It was a relationship type of prayer that needed to happen. You needed to be right with God, you needed to be in good standing, but more importantly, you needed to know his heart and know what was going on with him in order for you to be able to take this kind of thing and cast it out. Matthew chapter 21, verse 21. Jesus answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prosuke, believing you shall receive. Why is this important? How many of you have gone to a mountain or a tree or, or whatever the context is here and attempted to do that? You, you look at the mountain, you say, be thou removed, and it didn't work. You look at the fig tree and you say, wither, and it's still alive. Why, why don't we do that? Why, why don't we just go around and just point our fingers like blasters and pew, 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 prayer, 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 prayer? Why? Because we recognize that, that we don't have how can I best say this? That's not what you do when it comes to the things of the kingdom. You're not out there pointing at things and saying, give me a car, give me this, I'm, I'm going to do, and blah, blah, blah. In order for you to be able to actually conduct transactional, or I should say relational, but relational business with the Lord, you need to know his heart and his mind. And so when you say to the mountain, be thou removed, what are you really saying? God wants this mountain to move, and he wants me to move it. But if, you, if God doesn't want the mountain to move, and you're trying to move this mountain, guess what? The mountain's not going to move. So, so when we think about this concept of prosuke, again, it's with the idea that you know the heart of God, and you're not just out there pointing fingers trying to get things accomplished. You're letting God guide your finger in order to accomplish things. That's why I think that scripture is so important. Acts chapter 16, verse 16, And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. I'm going to stop there. You, you get the context. 
what I wanted you to see here is it came to pass as we went to prayer. This is the idea that they were doing this daily, possibly hourly, where they were saying, I have a relational type transaction with God where we are just talking. I, I see the context of this or, or the verbiage of this, and I think about uh, the other day when, when um, we asked someone to come to the house and watch Levi, and, and Kelly and I, we just went uh, off on our own. We went to the mall. I got some new shoes. I got some, some running shoes for Brazil because I want to play soccer when I get there, so I've been training myself to get a little bit better in shape. Um, I, I don't want to look like an idiot when I get there. So I've been running, and I was like, I need some new shoes. My shoes are just flat. I, I might as well just be Fred Flintstone, try to get his car going. So we got some new shoes, and, and Kelly and I just hung out, and it was, it was a great time, uh, very much needed. We sat there and ate, and we talked. You know, we held hands as we walked. We were like this old little married couple just walking down the mall, doing all these things. But we, we had this, this relationship. That is what I see here in this context. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, as we were moving forward in our relationship, as I was holding hands with God and just conversing with him. I was going to go to a place, and I, we were just going to sit down, and I was just going to talk with him. I was just going to, you know, chew the fat. We were going we to commune. That's the context of this word, prosuke. Romans 1, chapter 1, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, and the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing... I make mention to you always in my prayer. Every time I just have a conversation with God, it's, oh, hey, by the way, I was thinking about um, those Ephesians over there. Man, there's a lot of things going on. I'm, I'm not asking for anything. I'm not giving thanks for them. I'm just thinking about what's happening in Ephesus. And, Lord, if there's anything that you need me to do, you know, just put it in my heart so that we can continue getting those people uh, activated in the spirit and moving. Oh, I, you know what I need to do? I need to write them a letter. Hmm. to the Ephesians. You see what I'm saying? That's the prosuke that God wanted to have. I, I think it's highly important that we recognize these differences in these prayers because they're all important in the way that we interact with God. Now, the last one is entuxis, transactional type prayer. Um, this is kind of like the desis where there's a supplication, there's an intercession, but, but I believe there's some, some marked differences. So let's look at them. We'll get to that last sheet so that you can actually follow along. But the last one on my sheet, uh, on page 2, 1 Timothy 4, uh, 1 through 5. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, that's where that beyond meat is coming in. They're forbidding you from eating meat, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. This is the word in Tuxis. And it only shows up here. Everywhere else, it's translated as a different variation of that same uh, root, which is entichano, and that's where we get to your page three, and now you can follow back along with me. So same roots there. Uh, I, again, I put them on there so you can see them, 1722 and 5177, N, and then uh, It means to, to come upon, to deal with, to make intercession. The, that root word, the 5177, the tigchano, literally means to hit the mark. When you think about sin, it means to what? Miss the mark. This one means to hit the mark. Um, I believe there's a lot of things that you could say about that from a, from a what does it mean perspective? The uh, hitting the mark, the practice, the, the knowing where you're aiming, all sorts of stuff that we could say. But, but let's look at some scriptures here. There's only three. And then, and then we're done. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession 
for the saints according to the will of God. So where prosuke is a relational prayer, entigchano is a transactional prayer. And it could be a need. Hey, this is going on. We need to make sure that this is filled here. Um, there, there's some poverty. Let's, let's bring in provision to that poverty. It, it could be a thanksgiving. You know, hey, thank you for that. That was great. But, but when we think about this word, entigchano, it's really about the transaction that's going on in the spirit. Here is where I believe um, we are really talking about sitting down with God and getting business done. So where prosuke is, let's just, let's just be together. I love you. You love me. Let's just, let's just talk like friends, like partners. This one is about business. This one is about there's something happening. There's something that needs to happen, and, and I'm a part of what's going on there. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Father, he's about to get um, lambasted by the enemy. We need to put protection on him. That's a transaction. It's a meeting. For us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or so or sword? No, why? Because he is making transactional prayer intercession for us, for the saints. Romans chapter 11. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham and the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What you not with the Spirit says to Elijah, how he makes intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets. This is, listen, listen to the transaction here. God, they have killed your prophets. They've digged down altars. I'm left alone. They want to kill me. But what did God say? I have reserved myself 7,000 men who have not bowed to the knee to the image of Baal. Even so, then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, that is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You can, you can get that uh, later in a different sermon. What is it saying, though? What is it saying right here? Elijah is, is talking to God, and he's saying, these people are not your people. They're, they're not listening to you. They're, they're erecting statues to Baal. They're worshiping other gods. Something needs to happen here. Is it a, a supplication? No. He's not saying, Lord, they need you. Is it, is it a prosuke? No. He's not saying, hey, let's just talk about and reminisce all the great things that, that are going on. Is it Thanksgiving? Absolutely not. He's complaining, actually. Well, so what is he doing? He's sitting at a, at a, at a conference table, and he's saying, there's a landscape of stuff that's going on. And, and when I look at this landscape, Father, these people here are not doing what they need to do, and something needs to be done about that. My, my boss told me, or, or my boss was out the other week, um, this week actually, uh, for a couple of days because they, they as a leadership team went to the main office, they, they got together, and they sat around a table and they talked about the employees, not, not in a bad way. They were saying, who do we need? Where do we need them? How do we fulfill the vision and the mission of, of what this department needs to be? And so they, they had conversation. They were going back and forth about, well, here's, here's what I believe my remit is and, and where we're going and what we need in order to accomplish these things. And then someone else would say, well, here's my remit and here's how it interacts with yours. So maybe we should get together and talk about X, Y, and Z, et cetera, et cetera. That's what the root, really, of this word here, of this entichano, is all about. And, and it's important for us from a prayer perspective because there is, there is a transaction that it needs to happen in the Spirit whenever we pray. Not is it, there's thanksgiving. We talked about thanksgiving. There's supplication. Lord, there's a need. We talked about the relational, the prosuke, the, the I just want to be with you. I want to talk to you. I want to grow in you, refine me, make me better. And then there's that transactional of, okay, what kingdom business needs to transpire here, today, tomorrow, in a week, in order for things to move forward in my life and the life of those around me? Those four 
concepts of prayer need to be part of our, quote-unquote, intercession. They need to be part of our spiritual acumen. We need to understand the difference. We need to be able to move forward in the difference. And not every time are you going to come in here and say, okay, I, uh, I need to give thanks. That's number one. Oh, did I do supplications? No, I don't think I did that one. It's not about that. It's about understanding what the differences are and making sure that all of them, all of them are a part of our life. We, I say we, what I mean is the general church, tend to focus on the desis, that supplication. That is, that is how I was taught to pray in the Catholic church. Do you have a need? Go ask God. He'll, he'll provide. And when he doesn't provide, what happens? What happens? We get bitter. What happens when you say, Lord, I, I have this financial issue, and I need you to give me money? And when God doesn't give you the money, what happens? It breaks your faith, and it breaks your, your relationship with God. Why? Because Jesus cannot be the foundation of a person's prayer. You asking for something for yourself cannot be the, the foundation of a good relationship. You think about your significant other, your spouse, and if your entire relationship was, hey, go get me a sandwich, go get me a drink, go, go mow the yard, go fix the car, go do this, go do that, what kind of relationship with you, would you have with your significant other? Not a very good one, let me tell you that. All four of these have to be a part of our relationship with God, all four of them. Otherwise, we will not be able to move forward. Now, the beauty of this church is this is what I learned here at this church. You are doing this here today. But I, I started out in telling you this is what I believe has impacted my life the most, this concept that I can have a relationship with God. And it's, it's you got to read the word. You have to, but you have to have a personal relationship with him to know him more and to be able to move forward in that relationship. So, Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for open hearts and those that are here listening. Father, as we go out into the nations, not just Brazil, but into the nations, the nations we've already gone into, the nations that you are preparing for us in the future, Lord, as we go out there, allow us to represent you in a mighty and powerful way and to expand the relationship that these people have beyond the scope of their original understanding into what you, the new understanding that you want them to have. Lord, you want to speak with us. You want to, to have that relationship with us. Lord, allow us to share what you have done with us to them and help them to receive, Lord. Show us your miracles. Show us your presence. Be with us as we go. Be with us today as we continue on in what you're doing. We love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Three minutes. Any questions, comments, insightful observations? Or non-insightful observations?